You picked a good one. You picked a good one to jump in. If you're new, welcome aboard. If you're a regular, you picked a good one. You picked a good time to keep that subscription active. So much going on. I, I wish there was more good news. I wish there was more good news. But there's always, there's always going to be a silver lining somewhere. We're going to find it. We got updates. I on got one. Ooh, already out of the out of the gate, Gimlet with the strong silver lining. Bring it. Okay, we're going to dump the silver lining right here up front. But, Wall Street Journal, John Hopkins, professor of medicine. We will be at herd immunity for COVID-19 by April. Yeah. Yeah, I that's it's too funny. I had that in my little my little notebook of stuff to talk about as well. Here's the here's the stats, you guys. Here's what I they they say that uh, the 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 COVID cases are down seventy seven percent in six weeks. Now that's what they're mm-hmm. saying. Now a lot of that we know they changed that test. They changed the test because they're like, oh golly golly golly, we're getting too many false positives. So they dialed that sucker down. So that could be part of it. However, it's good news, and these uh, these horrible bureaucrats, uh, they're not going to have a leg to stand on because they keep saying, follow the science, follow the science. Well, the science is saying now new cases are down 77%. Do you, what kind of impact do you think this is going to have there, Gimlet? Do you think people are going to well, embrace this? I think it's already having an impact on Dr. Fauci because he's starting to say things he wouldn't have said before. Like, like, <laughs> like, like yeah, you probably can't give anybody the COVID if you've already had the vaccine and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but what you're seeing is a huge push now because the cases are dropping so fast to um, get the stimulus bill passed because it's got so much garbage in it. And the teachers unions are banking so hard on the slush funds in there for them. That they're just pushing, pushing, pushing. And I'm like, nope, nope. You go, Joe Manchin. You go, Joe Manchin. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> like, I, 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 this is, um, I, I have, I had, I had saved a, a tweet about this just in case this came up. But mm-hmm. these, these numbers are kind of, uh, shocking of the yeah. money that uh-huh. Congress allocated if you've got it at your fingertips let me know i'm scrolling down to to grab it here but it's it's just absolutely shocking the amount of money that has not been spent yet that was in the 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 stimulus i didn't see that one here we go here we go uh 68 billion dollars was appropriated by congress for k-12 through schools in 2020 $68 $68 billion, that's just for schools, they've spent $4 billion. They've yes. spent only $4 billion, and they're talking about billions more. And they're trying to wrap this up like, oh, it's urgently needed relief. It's urgently needed. Good Lord, schools have a mountain of money. If you need a mm-hmm. new ceiling fan, I think you could probably go to Lowe's and get one. Uh, Maybe if you a need couple some- of filters. Right. For the it's, ventilation uh, system. But I mean, the whole stupid part about it is you have Joe Biden up there. Well, the schools, they need more ventilation systems and plexiglass barriers. None of the schools that have opened have those things. I and have, there is a survey out right now 
65% of schools nationwide are open to at least hybrid learning, which means the parents can choose, or full in-person learning. And the biggest hindrance to your children being back in school in one of those types of programs is a teacher's union. The teacher's union, and of course, no one's given this story, is, is it, it's it's a political machine. That's what yeah. it is. It's it's pure politics. We're not going to go back until you thing. defund the police. We're not going to go back until you get rid of cash bail. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Teachers' unions, I think, are the only thing I agreed with FDR on, honestly. I mean, their sole purpose is to negotiate against the taxpayer with politicians they donate to to screw over the taxpayer. Yes. And the teacher, we have to get aggressive about these teachers unions. We really do. We have to make it. And, and the teachers unions are smart. They're not dummies. And because like in, in L.A., one of their list of demands was no new charter schools. They don't want competition. They want to turn... They want to turn the school system into the DMV. You have no choice but to go through them and deal with their bureaucracy. And if they close, you're screwed. We need to get aggressive about pulling our kids out of school. This is going to go to another. I don't want to get into it now, uh, mm-hmm. but we will get into it later. Uh, what the kids are being taught now is it, it's it's beyond it's beyond bad. It is it's self-destructive and we won't. I don't think we can survive it as a country with this uh, this this explosion of uh, critical race theory, which is just it's it's everywhere in society now. It's everywhere in society now. And so when they're when they're going after little kids and kids in, you know, kindergarten, first grade, second grade uh, are are learning this garbage and the self-loathing that comes along with it. And America's horrible and everybody. It's just it's not good. The teachers union giant problem. You got to get your kids out of those schools. We have to we have to uh, crush them. We have to crush them. It's it's not good for anyone. Well, and I mean, like the whole thing about that particular training that we'll get into later is it doesn't even matter. You feel crappy no matter which side of it you're on or accused of being on. Yes. It's like there's no there's no joy in being a press in a press or or in being oppressed. (laughs) Like both of them suck. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And, And when you start. When you start swapping out, and that's like the, the the easiest litmus test for anything to find out if it's racist, you know, it's like, uh, well, let's just get into it now. We'll get into it now. Uh, the the whole the whole Coca Cola thing. I guess Coca Cola, that giant great American company, uh, is on board with some kind of uh, employee awareness training program, and you go online, and uh, I, I think. What they want their employees, I think the the phrase is uh, try to be less white. That's what the that's the way that's the little comedic way, the little, the little humorous notion. So if you work for Coca Cola, you got to go on and you take these this training thing. Oh, you got to be less white. So the first and you thing, only take it if you're white, which is against the law, right? And then take out take out the word white and and switch it out with any other color or ethnicity 
and you'll just see how incredibly horribly racist it is. Can you imagine try to be less black? Try to try to try to uh, be less brown. Try to be it's and then I want to get into this. And this is the other great thing that is just so like so when you say try to be less white, I'm going to need more specifics. Like, is there a difference between white people from Scandinavia and white people from Ireland? Like, do I have to take the whole course because I'm white of an Irish descent? If what what if you grew up? No, as... you're glow in the dark if you're from Irish descent. <laughs> yeah, but like, is are there different? Uh, tell me about the different personality traits. A, a wise person who teaches this course on try to be less white is is my is my level. There are there has to be subtle variations in who's who's more more white in terms of you know privilege and personality traits. I think people from Scandinavia were probably treated a little bit differently when they came to America than people who came from Ireland, because I kind of remember there being like no Irish need apply. So do I have to watch the whole course? Do I get bonus? Quite Like you've got to get into the subtle differences of it. And then it goes back to like Jordan Peterson. The subtle variations do not change. Every individual is different. And then like, mm-hmm. uh oh, then you've landed on it. If you're going to protect the rights of minorities, the smallest minority is the individual. So let's stop wasting fucking time with this and protect individuals' rights. And we've got those laws on the books. It's a colossal waste of time. It's so negative. It's so pessimistic. And it's so incredibly naive to think this is the biggest problem that we face. You are a naive buffoon. And this whole uh, this this whole uh, posturing for like, look how much we care. I want I listen, I'm I'm not a boycott guy. I really and I know you're not either, but we're going to have to start. We're going to have to start. We got to give little we got to start throwing uh, some haymakers at these companies like, hey, uh, Levi, I gave up, Levi's I gave up the gray ladies a while ago. I think that's going to be a tough one for you. Well, I, I'll 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 do it. I'll make the sacrifice. I, I seriously will. And but I but I don't want it. I don't want to be alone in it. So I'm gonna have to no. wait. Well, wait you know till next else? Wednesday. Wait for the live stream where we reach we we reach almost a million and a half people now again on Facebook. And I would I'll I'll organize it. You cannot. And they they do this crap in secret, and it's it's in the military, it's in our government, it's in these corporations, and they think, oh, look how much we care. You are aggressively harming the country. You are you are planting these horrible horrible uh, little evil seeds, and that nothing, no no good thing comes out of this. No good nothing. thing comes out of this. Well, and if you go back to even what they were doing in like this. The 80s, right? <clears throat> Diversity training and your unconscious bias. Well, these people have now gone back through literally 80,000 participants in a test of unconscious bias and said, um, there's absolutely no link to behavior. Yeah, listen. So that, that like entire field of science basically died two years ago. It's, you know what? we And we did a show about this uh, many moons ago. They've run out of real science or evidently real science is too hard. So you've got these douchebag slackers 
who invent this crap. They invent up these bizarre uh, bizarre theories. And I know there were some people going for their uh, doctorates. There was a group of people, and they were making up these insane theories, like the rape culture at the, oh, the dog fake- park. Yeah, and- no, they already had their PhDs, and they did it to mock the whole thing. Yes. You're talking about the the, the hoax papers. Bogosian, um, Pluck, Rose, and Lindsay did them, yeah. Oh, they were fantastic. And like- Oh, they were great. How every every you know the the rape I remember rape culture at dog parks and uh and you know anal penetra some about anal penetration there was something on about fat studies too yes it it's all hysterical. just these ridiculous and and it was wonderful what they did and they certainly didn't get enough press about it but seriously like real science is hard a lot of stuff has already been done uh, you, you know the, the, this whole idea was I'm just going to sit around and theorize about some BS and then show it to my fellow professors and they want tenure too and they know that if you're not published you won't get tenure so we're going to okay this you know how how men opening a, a door for women is the, the equ- equivalent of a modern day mental slavery and what the, whatever the frick they're they're peddling so everybody signs off on everybody's bullshit paper so everybody can get tenure. And then one of them, magic, it, it just catches on. It becomes a thing. And then it just, it's what, it's what I can't stand about. Uh, it's what I can't and stand then, about big government. I really can't. Well, and then you have Bill Gates, who I think is a horrible human being. I don't care what he invented at this point. I don't, I don't care how revolutionary it was to the world. Please understand. First of all, he's telling meat, and with that, he can just go right to you nowhere. But now he and his wife have funded something called EquitableMath.org. Equitable so Math. Pathway, this is a pathway to equitable math instruction. And remember, he was the horror behind Common Core, too. Um, was he really? Yeah, he was one of the big funders of that thing. Yes, he was. Oh, Lord, I didn't know that. Resources and guidance to support Black, Latinx, and multilingual students to thrive in grades 6 through 8. So the first thing you have to do is dismantle racism in mathematics, and that has to do with things like coming up with the right answer. (laughs) Like de-emphasizing coming up with the right answer in math. So you are going to impair these children by the time they're in eighth grade from being able to balance their checkbook. That's uh, that's sad, but I can just think of like the comedic because like math doesn't care. It's like it, math is the Ben Shapiro of science. <laughs> math listen, doesn't listen, care about your feelings. Listen to this gobbledygook that is like front and center on their web page. A pathway to equitable math instruction is an integrated approach to mathematics that centers on Black, Latinx, and multilingual students in grades 6 through 8, addresses barriers to math equity, I don't even know what that is, and aligns instruction to grade-level priority standards. The pathway offers guidance and resources for educators to use now as they plan their curriculum, while also offering opportunities for ongoing self-reflection as they seek to develop an anti-racist math practice. The toolkit strides serve as multiple on-ramps for educators as they navigate the individual and collective journey from equity to anti-racism. In math! I can't 
imagine where the races and I'm seriously I'm I'm trying to I'm I'm honestly trying to figure out how math can be racist and the only thing I can come up with is is it the 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 people who exist in these these word problems you know if if you know if Johnny has four apples and Jenny has three apples how many do they both have are they, is are, I wonder if the is the problem with with the names of the kids in the world problem does it yeah. does it need to be it is it's it's the oh. problem, it's the problem that they think defines systemic racism so if you work with people long enough which i did for 15 years right you learn disparate outcomes are not a prima facie case for discrimination that means any kind of discrimination gender discrimination racial discrimination discrimination based on you know gender preference it doesn't matter disparate outcomes have multiple things that flow into them. So if you're looking at disparate grades in math curriculum between children of different races, you have to look at, okay, what school are they in? Number one, yeah. that's the one system of oppression we have left. We tie children to failing school schools by their zip code. It's <laughs> And it's, it's one the teachers union are so happy to keep. So yes. it's two different children in two different places have different outcomes. There's hundreds of factors that go into that. But even if you look within the same school, one parent or two parent home, all the all the questions we're not allowed to ask, right? Yes. What are the dynamics in the home? How much time is spent on homework? How much, I mean, there's hundreds of questions to ask that would tell you more about the differential in grades between different students, no matter their color. So there is just based on their race. I think everybody gets it. And to to summarize, it's when you look for equality of outcomes, you uh-huh. you got a problem. You got a problem. Mm-hmm. So we can do our or best. We-, we can do our best to make sure everybody's equal out of the starting blocks. We can make sure you're equal out of the starting blocks. After that, you're on your own. You're on your own. But this whole thing, like, and this this quietly happened. This quietly happened uh, during the Wuhan during the Wuhan in L.A. Uh, and in, in California, rather, they found that they weren't they didn't have enough people of color and they, they were under they were underrepresented in the legal system uh, in people passing the bar. They, they didn't have enough black lawyers. They didn't have, they didn't have enough Latino uh, lawyers. So what their solution was to let's lower the standard. Let's lower the standard for what people need to pass the bar. Okay. Okay. So that's insulting on so many levels. So many levels. It is so incredibly racist. And so now you're doing, uh, so lawyers will just be a little bit worse. Everybody's just a little bit worse. It's just, I mean, it's not a good idea. That's what New York City has been doing to solve. Like, they have these top-performing high schools that you test to get into. Some of them are more for the arts. Some of them are more for technology. I mean, but they're, like, public schools that had a standard. But because they didn't have the exact proportions of the population getting into these schools, they just decided to eliminate the testing. Yeah. 
that was their solution. It's like when all else fails, let's lower the standards. Instead of taking the opportunity to say, we need more school choice. We need more programs like Success Academies in New York who are in the top 1%. And they teach children in the poorest neighborhoods in New York City. They're like 94% diverse. And they are in the top 1% of standardized testing in all of New York State. And they take children by pure lottery because they teach them the basics. They build the foundation. Then they keep going with the foundation. They teach the kids to think critically. And I mean, their average family income is something like $48,000 in New York City. And they're whomping school districts that have an average family income of like almost $300,000. It's horrible. These the, the the you have morons. You have morons in charge protecting yes. other morons who are watching out for their moron friends. And if you live in L.A. and if you live in New York and you live in one of these places where you've got a failing school system and you got kids, you need to get out. You need to get out. We, we need I'm to. Like- Hit them in the wallet, and if they can't tax you, and if they can't keep the the gravy train rolling on this, they'll they'll have to go under. It's it we it's got to be. I'm I'm talking about economic warfare. <laughs> I really am. And the best no, part, I, the like, best part about it, you 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 win an economic war by leaving the field of battle. It's so <laughs> easy. You just go. You leave, and then they can't tax you anymore. Okay. Well, we in, take, but I mean, I'm like into the whole like back to the one room red schoolhouse where people like me who don't have small children anymore will literally donate their time to teach math, to do this, to do that. Like back to pod learning with a bunch of parents who have similar values and part of a community. And then you just teach the kids what they need to know. It's it's funny. And I'll say this before we wrap up. We might come back to this in in the next block. Uh, you guys, but the when our school system was at its peak, and I could be wrong, I saw this documentary about it, when our school system was really functioning and hitting on all cylinders, I, I want to say it was like the late 1950s, it was that, that whole golden age, all these guys had come back from World War II, and life is precious, and what are we really doing here, and it's about education and it's about art and it's about learning there was like this golden age where we were we were doing very very well and then they just kept messing with it they just kept tweaking it they just kept messing with it and the numbers have steadily gone down they they never stop messing with it and i would i would love to see this i had this idea the other day if you took the the curriculum from like, when was the golden age? Was it? Let's say it was 1956. Let's just say that for the sake of argument. Yeah. So, so here's here's how a kid would spend his or her day in school in 1956. Then let's take the the textbook. I'm not even kidding you. Let's take the textbook, have people go through it and update it. You know, like, hey, we landed on the moon in this year, and we Vietnam was that year. You're gonna have to adjust some of the history stuff. But literally, let's just go back. Let's. I'm like Doc Brown. The only way to save our school system is to go back to the future. We're going back to 1956, Marty. I think you would have a better. Oh my! You see, like kids used to be taught civics. They were taught. I remember civics. having. Like, 
I remember having to like memorize math facts. Nobody taught me how to figure them out while I was doing them. It's like two plus two is four. And yeah. you had to do it in a certain amount of time. Yes. Okay. We have to take a little break here. We went, we went very long. We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back with more shows. Stick around, of course. We're And the, later on, we've got What's on the Web with Paul. we got so much more to talk about. There's there's Trump news. There's vaccine stuff. Uh, we got to lay into Cuomo. we got to lay into Cuomo and run to the defense of Teddy Cruz. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! Booyah Kasha. We're back with another exciting uh, Loftus Party podcast, and I have uh, I have uh, got my panties in a twist, ladies and gentlemen. I really do, because it's just, a lot of times, it is just absolute madness. But but we're really going to have to, uh, let, me t- let me tell you what I'm thinking. I'll, 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 i got to back up a little bit, because Gimlet and I were just... Uh, you know, bitching about the the teachers union and, and blah 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 and Coca Cola and critical race theory. We got to start taking action. We really do. This whole mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people who make very good livings off of just complaining about stuff and showing you, oh, there's this horrible thing going on over here. Oh, there's this horrible thing going on over here. There's this horrible thing going on, and it can get overwhelming. You guys, it really can. And that's like it's like we were talking last week about you you start in this box uh, this this box of naivety not naivete uh and then you transition into the cynical box and you got to get into the, the 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 box of of wisdom and the box of being wise and that's really where I'm struggling to be right now cuz it's so I, easy to get cynical I, because go ahead I was going to say I can do a PSA on the critical race theory thing where people can actually go straight to hell <laughs> no, 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 no. Christopher Rufo is a journalist who broke a lot of this stuff. And when he realized Trump might not win, he started putting together a coalition of lawyers willing to fight these cases with employers and school districts. He currently has a database base of a thousand whistleblowers, and lawyers are taking these cases. What is so it? It says name is Christopher. What's the last name? Christopher Rufo, R-U-F-O, and the website where you can go to be a whistleblower is StopCriticalRaceTraining.com. 
Okay. And he has lawyers willing to do these things pro bono. That is fantastic. So what's that website again? What's that website again? StopCriticalRaceTraining.com. StopCriticalRaceTraining. Either race training or race theory. It's one or the other. You'll find it. But look up, I'm sure if you Google Christopher Rufo, uh, you'll find it. But that's that's what it hears. And this is the great catch-22. And it's never underestimate, never underestimate your opponent. I haven't read the Sun Tzu Art of War thing, but it's very, it's applicable here with never underestimate your opponent. The, the stuff that the left does is never done by accident. None of it's done by accident. It's one of my favorite Franklin Roosevelt quotes. Politics is all about timing. If something happens, I guarantee it was planned out to be that way. It, nothing happens by accident. It's a horrible paraphrase. But this whole thing where they're uh, they're they're using the intelligence community and they're 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 finding these uh, these these racist pockets of insurgents and they're everywhere and they're the big villains and we got to go after them and there's there's literally there's people talking about drone strikes they're talking about like taking people out because I I don't know how much farther we can be pushed as a nation like this this whole covid thing the lockdown thing and then you look around and you're like wow this is what they're teaching the kids in the school and this is what these people are doing and i guess i guess this form of protest is good but that form of protest isn't good don't even bring up the election or you'll be deplatformed and and people are being deplatformed left and right it has not stopped it has not slowed down at all there's some very very smart people who are no longer on social media because of the questions that they raise and they, they want people to really think about things. None of this is good. And uh, so we're at a point where we need to, we need to grow our numbers and our numbers are going to grow automatically. And I say our numbers, I think it's the people who want less government. They want less intrusion, fewer regulations, that stuff, because it's, it's, it's coming to light just how idiotic this stuff is. So you got that happening, but with the whole, uh, you know, everyone's on the lookout for these right-wing enemies. Everyone's looking out for the right, for, for the right-wing enemies. So it's going to be hard to uh, organize stuff. It's going to be hard to organize uh, boycotts. But this is the kind of thing you got to bring it up with your with your friends. You got to bring it up. You have to bring it up into conversation. And and I would just in ask everyone. Uh, don't get up on a soapbox, but just ask legitimate questions. That's all you have to do is get people curious about this. Like, why? What do you think is going on in the LA schools? Like, what? What do you think? What do you think the problem is there? Why aren't you know the the, the minority population? Their, their numbers are horrible in mathematics, well, you just say, reading, and all of it. Like, ask these questions. You just why are schools open in Florida and Georgia and Tennessee and? you know, all these other places and nobody's getting sick. People aren't dropping dead. Children aren't getting sick. Children aren't dying. Neither are teachers. Um, so why can their schools be open and ours can't? Yes. Yes. The stuff like that. That's fantastic. And then we also have to be prepared to, you have to be prepared to move. You have to be prepared to move. And and seriously, I know it sucks. It really, really sucks. But as a guy who's done it quite a bit, you can do it. I have faith in you. And, uh, and 
we have we to, need all we, you conservatives to move to offset the liberals who voted for all this crap who are moving anyway. Yes, yes, <laughs> and we have to get on board with the idea of boycotts. Not all the time, but every once in a while. And I'm I'm a hypocrite when it comes to this. Like I found out, I was going to say this in the A block. I found out years ago. Like Levi's, I love Levi's. I, I, I love their clothes. And you think, oh, this is a great American co- you know, company, and it's fantastic. I like their jeans. I like the je- I like all of it. Well, not all of it. I like most of it. But they're aggressively going after the Second Amendment. They mm-hmm. don't they're smart though. They don't brag about it. They don't brag about no, it. No, they don't. But they have consistently been spending millions of dollars every year funding these people who want to take your guns away and i'm like yikes we have to let them know that's not okay and and i'm i'm all about like i'd love to hurt and when i say hurt i mean financially i want to hit them in the wallet i would love to just as a wake-up call to discourage these companies from doing this there's certain things that they they should not be involved in you're a jeans company stop stop trying to affect the the constitution of the united states of america i'd love to like pick a month and everybody just let's just shift let's just shift our economic power if you're you know say it's september you're going to buy instead of buying a pair of levis in september just don't just don't maybe go wrangler Maybe go Jordash. Jordash looks great in those jeans. And then and then we can just pump the brakes on that and just give them the heads up. We don't have to buy your product. Yeah, I'm a huge Diet Coke guy. I'm completely in love with the gray ladies. But we ha- we need to send a message to them that nah, we're not gonna do this. We're not gonna we're not gonna let you have your white employees have to go through this training course to learn how bad you are as a white person. I'm not, I don't even want to go back in there, but we got to start hitting back. Well, that we wasn't start even the first back. thing they did. They sent, uh, out a note to all, they sent out a note to all their legal counsel that said, if you don't have X percentages of these minorities in your law firm, we're going to cut your fees by 30%. Yeah. That After you stuff. just explained the disparities in passing the bar, and that doesn't <laughs> even begin to explain the disparities in people who go into law school in the first place. If you look by advanced degree, far more black and brown minorities go into education than anything else as far as advanced degrees go. Yeah. And I guess according to Chris Rufo, the one population that is so good at barking back at this stuff and fighting it at the local level are the Asian population. Oh, I I think that was I think Tucker uh mentioned that the other night on his show. Like the Asian that's the other thing. I think and that was I think that was Chris was being interviewed. I think you're right. I think you're right. And, and I thought that was hilarious. And like, here we are again. Like, we're we're like we're halfway into a podcast. We've been talking about critical race theory. Where it's like, oh, the black population, oh, the Mexicans, oh, the white people, and oh, there's Irish and there's and there's subtle differences in the rights of the individual. We didn't even bring up the Asian people. We didn't even because they're a minority too, and no one. Ever, I know they're a minority. No one and ever you puts know them the in most- the mix. They're like, oh, they're they're fine. They're Asian. They're smart. They're Asian. 
they're go-getters, they're Asian. It's just, it's horrible. Well, but, I mean, it's not just that. I mean, if you look at the Cuban community and the Venezuelan community in Florida, they're small business owners. They came here for a reason. They know why they're here. So do Asian immigrants. We want the meritocracy. We value education. It's, These uh, are all things that were like ingrained in the Irish minority community, the Italian minority, you know, immigrant community. Like every group that came over here fell in love with all of that at one point. And here's the other thing, you guys. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's not that hard. Like, here's the deal. Some, the, you're going you're gonna to have to have one generation that falls on the sword. You're going to have to have one generation that falls on the sword, and the Excellent. next generation will be fine. I'm, I'm just saying, if you come to this country, if you're not doing well in this country, you have to go, okay, it's about my kids. So I need to make some sacrifices. I need to do X, Y, and Z, but I need to make sure my kids are learning a school where they will be ahead of me when I'm getting ready to hit the dismount. You That's have to be a little American dream. Yes, you have to be a little selfless. You have to be a little selfless. And when you're when you're you're sitting around going, uh, you know, this isn't fair. You're not really you're not going to get ahead. You're not going to get ahead. OK, we have to move on. I, we could literally do the show whole show about this, but that would be a rip off to our awesome our awesome listeners. Something happened. Some people did a thing uh, down in Texas, and this was it's. It's a thing of wonder to behold, and and I don't want to add fuel to the fire of it all. I just have to kind of like tell you that this it's happening. This this fantastic, wonderful, horrible switcheroo. Uh, Chris Cuomo, or is it Chris Cuomo? Who's the governor of New York? Andrew. Andrew Cuomo. Chris Cuomo's the. I knew that was wrong. He's the CNN guy. Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York. Had a horrible policy. He put a bunch of COVID patients in nursing homes. And you can use all the metaphors. It was like throwing gasoline on a fire. Thousands of people died. Thousands of people died. And now the truth is coming out. We've been talking about it on this show for months and months and months. He's in a lot of trouble. He's in a lot of trouble. And and I don't think the cover-up is worse than the crime. People love to say that. No, I think murdering thousands of people is is not as bad as the cover-up or the attempted cover-up. So while this story is breaking and there's a blackout and there's power outages in Texas, we're all supposed to be horrified and mad at Ted Cruz that he went down to Cancun? Are you kidding me? Are you Are you completely kidding me that in any way, shape, or form – Ted Cruz, even if he planned the trip at the last minute, there you you cannot you cannot even come close. One guy is a murderer, and he might have murdered your grandparents. The other guy was like, nothing I can do here. Might as well hit the road. <laughs> like I can't, I could not believe, and it, it really frightens me. The power that big tech has, the power that the media still has. Never underestimate your enemy. They 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 worked it. They're still milking this thing. Does this is this the end of his political career? Are you just shitting right on the coffee table? Like what how how how, how? it's not even close. It's not even close. You, you can totally tell who terrifies them. 
Yes. Because they look for the dumbest things and come up with the dumbest narratives. So Josh Hawley terrifies them. Ted Cruz terrifies them. Ron DeSantis has them wetting their pants. They put the most ridiculous hit piece out on him yesterday. I have seen what did in they months. What they do? Ron DeSantis is rewarding his political donors. He has defied the federal administration's guidelines, and he's only giving the COVID vaccine to the elderly. <laughs> <laughs> that bastard! That, that bastard. bastard! He's getting Why it to the people most likely to die. He's helping the people who need it the most. What is, what in the world? It's a scandal. And it's, yes, it's, yes, it's, it's a scandal. You have got to be kidding me. Yes, that is, uh, that is hilarious. Oh my gosh. I saw a terrifying little piece on uh, CBS uh, Sunday morning. They were, they were talking about uh, the vaccine. You were talking about DeSantis giving the vaccine to the elderly. So, Ted Koppel, I believe it's Ted Koppel, who is now a a correspondent for CBS News Sunday Morning. He's talking to, he's talking to, I'm not going to do the voice the whole time. I I would, I could, but I won't. He's talking to uh, a minister in a uh, a poor neighborhood in in Baltimore, uh, African-American dude, has a, has, looks like the guy's got a great little ministry going on. You know, they've got a they got a nursing home, there's churches, there's all this stuff. This guy's uh and he's doing a great job. That his this his his nursing home in this in this area of Baltimore that's not doing red hot, not a single uh COVID death. Not one. Not one in the whole time. Uh they really took care of their 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 patients and their they did they did wonderfully. So uh here comes the vaccine. Here comes the vaccine. Now, the patients in the nursing home, or they're lining up. They're like, "Yeah, get me the shot. Get me the shot," because they want out. They want to see. They want to see their loved ones. You can't blame them. Uh, and then, and you know, the end. The end is coming. It's 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 very on very much on their radar. So they're lining up for the vaccine. Like, oh, is it going to kill me? Whatever. The the staff was like, "Nope, no, thank you." Like only 30% of the staff was like, yeah, hook me up with the vaccine. And so Chad Cobble's talking to the minister. So what did you do? And this minister's talking like I would get him in my office. I'd have a talk with them one-on-one. And then if that didn't work, we would pray on it. And we would pray and I would pray that they would see the wisdom of getting the vaccine. And then if that didn't work, unfortunately... I had to uh, threaten them with with termination, and, and Ted Koppel's like, "Did that work?" Like he he wasn't he wasn't like, "Wow, that's horrible." He wasn't like, "That's just that's that's the worst thing I've ever heard." And Ted Koppel's like, "So did that work?" And then the minister's like, "Well, unfortunately, we're running into some legal battles because it doesn't look like it's grounds for termination yet." I was. I was just, I was just in shock. You can't, you can't do that. I'm sorry. If somebody doesn't want the vaccine, they don't want the vaccine. You're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with it. So sorry. Well, and and I mean, if you look, if you look at that Wall Street Journal piece, the doctor actually uses 
the total infection rates multiplies by what the asymptomatic infection rate is and is like, okay, we've probably got 55% of Americans with some kind of a natural immunity at this point. I think until they can come up with a tighter test that actually measures your immunity for T cells and B cells, which they can do because they do it for people who are allergic to vaccinations to prove immunity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They need to be able to do that because I don't need a vaccine if I'm already immune. Well, it's it's the uh the whole uh I I'm not I'm not excited about the, the the vaccine at all. And then they show and I I totally forgot about this is like when the the US government was doing a little experiment about hey, what happens when you give a bunch of black people syphilis? And like they had this control group and they just went in. They're like, no, you need this shot. This shot's good for you. And they just like the government is capable of some really gnarly stuff. I don't trust them. And I'm going to encourage other people not to trust them. So I just thought, wow, the, the propaganda swing for this whole vaccine. And, and they went and talked to this other lady at a hospital. How are you coercing the, and these are these are nurses. These are the frontline workers. They have seen the worst that COVID has to offer. And the mm-hmm. majority of them are like, yeah, I'm going to pass. I'm going right, to pass. I'm just going to say, one of my doctors, I asked them, I said, are you getting the COVID vaccine? He said, as soon as the chief of infectious disease for the hospital system does. And she's not getting it. <laughs> Well, like, seriously. So I'm like, all right, then. (laughs) I can go to some pretty nefarious places with the vaccine. I can go to some really, really, some really, really nefarious places. Those beliefs are my own. But you know who's lining up for it? It's like like if, if if you've already had your kids and you are in the autumn of your years, you're like, yeah, give me the vaccine. Yeah. Because, like, if it does mess up my DNA and uh, and I can't have any more kids, I'm not going to have any more kids anyway. You know, I wasn't going to do that. And if something else happens, well, I was, you know, uh, I was pretty much I, – I had heaven on my mind already, so it's not going to be that bad. But I tell you, I got a, I got a lot of living that I want to do. I got a here's, lot of things I thing. still want to do. What is – tell here's, me your thing. The average age of death in the United States is 78 years old. The average age of death from COVID is 78 years old. The very idea with a death rate over the infection fatality rate, according to this doctor from Johns Hopkins, of 0.23. Okay? And we know that trend's much older, right? Mm -hmm. The idea that we have to vaccinate everyone from birth to age 65 in addition to the elderly is hot bullshit. Yes. This should be like the flu vaccine. If you're at risk, get it. If not, life. Why aren't people screaming that from the mountaintops? Absolutely. Why are we true? Yeah, but it's like that just makes the most sense. Like, I don't even know, and I don't want to get mired in the weeds of like, but it seems like for the most part, kids, if they get it, it, it doesn't kill them. If they get Less it, they get it. Less than 200 deaths of children 
in the entire country for the entire course of the pandemic, and most of them had very serious other medical issues. Yeah. So why are we why are we even inoculating those kids? Why are they even? I wouldn't. There's no way you get near my kid with that. Yeah. Why is that part of the uh, of the of the equation? Okay. It's horrible. It's stupid. Uh, Something must be done. All right. We gotta. We'll talk a little bit. Just on. I'm I'm looking for something a little lighthearted here. I don't know if you saw this. The only reason I'm joking about it is because they were fine. There was a flight out of Denver uh, on Saturday. Oh, that one? Yes. Yes. Uh, Flight 328. These people are leaving Denver, and they're on their way to Hawaii. They're on their way to (laughs) Hawaii, and there's a bang. There's an explosion. Debris comes raining down into the suburb of Denver, and if and uh, if you're on the right side of the plane, if you can look out, you can see the engine is on fire. It was legit a flaming engine, an absolute. It's the nightmare. It's the thing that you don't want to see. So I didn't want to make any jokes about it. They landed safely. They're okay. But now the question is, I think I want to say it was United. Was it United? Yes, it was United. Okay, so you're on that plane. You're on that plane. And you're like, bang! And you look out and you're like, oh! Like, that's a bad feeling. That's, there's, like, mm-hmm. there's only one worse feeling than the, the right engine on fire. And that's, that would be the left. Yes, the left <laughs> one's now on fire. Like, if you are on the left side of that plane... You are just staring at that engine and you are praying so hard and you're looking for Superman to come up and hold you up in the sky. So mm-hmm. they land. So what does United do? What's the compensation for that? Does everybody get on a different plane to Hawaii? <laughs> do they just rebook or do you get I like, so. I think you fry for, I, I would want, I I'd, listen, I want first class seats for the rest of my life. On Delta. <laughs> I I'd actually listen if if we're if if in this little uh uh daydream scenario you can switch airlines I'd go Virgin I would I go, don't just not this one <laughs> I don't know but like I really I, if someone knows someone in Denver who was on that flight I would be keenly interested to know what the offer was like what was the offer like when you land and you de- you get off the slide and they have the 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 the, the Ooh, representative from the Jody airline who takes you say what? Our friend Jody might know somebody. We might get yes. skinny. We need to find out what the offer was because you know they're going to take you in. They're going to have trauma experts and all this other stuff. And then meanwhile, you're looking at your watch like tick tock on the clock. I was I got to I, I want to I still want to go to Hawaii. So do they go? All right, this trip's on the house. Is that enough? Or is it like hey, here's a thousand? <laughs> I do. I want to know what the offer was when you. When when someone when a plane load of people sees their their life flash before their eyes, how many miles do you get? I think for the guy that filmed it and sold it to the to the news outlets, probably not a damn thing. <laughs> oh man! Well, if you're the airline, listen. If you're the airline, that that's a great scenario, and I, and I'll and I will and I will give it up for. The designers of, especially aircraft in America, the people at Boeing and the people at McDonnell Douglas and all these people who make these these aircraft, 
they they have to be able to function on half power. They have to be able to do all their maneuvers on half power. If you're if you're on a plane that has four big fat ass engines and you lose two, supposedly you can still do everything. So holy smoke, terrifying for those people. I'd love to know what the offer is. All right, stick around. Coming back, we got what's on the web with Paul. We'll be right back. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. If only there was a fun way we could start off the C block. Hmm, maybe our friend Paul Hare will show up with something to talk about. What is on the web with Paul? We got Paul on the line. We're talking about what's on the web. That's why we call it What's on the Web with Paul. See, we're all learning. What's up, man? Not too much, Michael. Glad to be here again. We have so much new stuff on the web this week. I made sure I went through and listed the stuff that I definitely want to talk about. That way we'll get those because we're not going to cover everything. He's making a list. Oh, I can't sing that. That'll be expensive. Okay, let's jump in. What's got you What's got you jazzed this week on the web? First thing, which I think is the biggest story this week, is, of course, a sad story. Rush Limbaugh died this past week. Um, yeah. I, believe, I believe it was the 18th. Huge loss. A lot of people aren't going to realize how big of a loss that is for a long time, but that's going to be felt for uh, just years and years to come because of what he did and what he was great at right up until his very last broadcast. I wrote a, a piece for the for the Loftus Party. It's called Rush Limbaugh's Genius. It explains a little bit of when I first started listening to him and also one of the particular examples that just stuck with me throughout his entire career. It happened in 2007. This was back during the height of the Iraq War, and the Democrats and journalists were doing what they always do, which is undermining the war. And they, this was the phony soldiers controversy. I don't know if you remember that or not. If you I don't, don't, if you don't, doesn't matter. You can go to the loftusparty.com, read Rush Limbaugh's genius because I go into that. There's video there that shows exactly what I mean. And to summarize what I was putting out about his genius is that he knew how to take control of the narrative. He didn't fall for the progressive narrative on everything. And there is no big name conservative to this day 
that did it as good as as he did. The only one that came close would be Andrew Breitbart. Again, another guy who, you know, died way too early. Yeah. So people should go to read that. It's a great tribute. Um, sad, but it's something definitely worth reading. I saw a clip from his old TV show, and I had completely forgotten about it. And he was doing a bit that was hilarious. He had his, uh, of course, he was wearing a suit, and he had like just a crap ton of ribbons on his lapel, all these different colors. And he was he was berating the audience in the studio and berating the audience at home. He goes, I'm a better American than you. Why? I care more. How do you know I care more? I'm wearing these ribbons. Look down at your chest now. Do you have even one ribbon? You're a horrible. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. It, it is. And if you look at that, and I just briefly touch on this in my post, it reminds you of The Daily Show, except for Rush was probably a good decade before they started. In other words, The Daily Show ripped off him is what they ultimately did. So yeah. I touch on that a little bit, too. Guy Fantastic. was just phenomenal. So the next what post. Else, what next else got post you we jazzed? Have, well, next post we have is Brian McKim. You know Brian, obviously. Talked a little bit about him last week. He wrote Six Strings Good, Four Strings Better. It's about the ukulele. And you yeah. Think, how do you write a post about the uh, ukulele? And what it stems from is him being locked down and him not being able to perform because he's based in Las Vegas and all the clubs are shut down. So he decided to take up something new, to teach him something new. And he was always interested in music. And so he took up the ukulele, read it. If you were like me and think Tiny Tim, as soon as you hear ukulele, he covers that in this post and how that <laughs> might not be, a good, you know, it might not be exactly who you want to associate with it because of kind of how people take it as more like the joke instrument when they associate with him. And he touches on that and how it shouldn't really be a joke instrument. Ukulele so. is a lot of fun. And, and the last time I was in Vegas, I closed my show with like an audience sing-along and I was playing the ukulele. An absolute blast. Okay, we got we're, we got a crank. We got to move because there's so much good stuff. House Floats of NOLA, 2021 by Lisa Kay. So this is a yeah. Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, Foss Nut Day, Shrove Tuesday, the day that starts, the day that's before Lent, which would be Ash Wednesday. Well, the day before Lent starts. So this is specifically a Mardi Gras post. And what it is is because they're not going to have the big parade and festival they've moved it more to okay we'll do we'll do the floats at individual homes and she goes through that shows a few photographs of that as well very interesting post as always from lisa k yeah uh, and i now i just wonder if people are, are walking around nolens and they're looking at these decorated houses which are very very cool by the way it's a great idea i mean I, yep. new orleans you're, get, you're getting screwed you're getting screwed uh, you're you're getting ripped off out of your, your great parade. I just want to know if you if if a uh, if a hot girl goes in front of one of these houses and shows off her boobs, like what does she get? Like are you are there still prizes? <laughs> I mean, usually you get beads or something. But if you go to a house, that I just wonder if if the show me your boobs thing is still in play. <laughs> I do not know. I do not know. Next up, <laughs> next is Cranky Gordon. Everybody knows Cranky Gordon by now. He did, and now a word from our sponsors. That includes a funny, humorous video. It's about all the stupid headlines that you now see everywhere from all journalists. And it's a little bit, it's a little satire on how they must come up with those headlines and those stories. So go to theloftersparty.com, read that post, watch that video. 
It's a little bit of fun. Yes. Next up, also fun, but also geared more towards children, or I guess if you're an adult, you can appreciate it too. It's a book. I did a pretty lengthy Q&A with a guy named Mark Huffman. He wrote a book called Tooth Fairy, or not Tooth Fairy, Toot Fairy for Children. And the title of my post is Toot Fairy Author Had a Gas Writing Children's Book, illustrated by Dawn Davidson. And the book is about exactly what you would expect from a book called Toot Fairy. (laughs) (laughs) So it's for children. It's very interesting. Interesting bit of trivia, too. Mark is an, a real doctor as well. He's not like Joe Biden. He's an actual medical doctor. So That's go great. to loftusparty.com and read that. I'm sure I'm sure that will be adapted to a film v- very soon. A buddy of mine, very a uh, pretty successful screenwriter, uh, feature film, and he also directs uh, in Hollywood, called me up years ago, and he was very despondent. And, and he goes, you got to help me. You got to help me. And I'm like, what is it? What is it? And he's like, they want me to make a movie out of this. And it was a, a children's book called Walter the Farting Dog. And he goes, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, did you read it? And he goes, no. And I'm like, well, d- idiot. Start there. Start there. If you're gonna seriously, if you're gonna if you're if you're gonna do something, do it up. Read the source material. So yeah, you're never listen, uh, little kids. And uh, and farting and tooting, it's always going to be funny, even to grown men sometimes. Yep. And the, the I, like I said, I did a Q&A with Mark. He and I know each other by we've known each other for a few years because of email and social media. And it's an interesting to, uh, Q&A, even though I did it. Also, I bought a copy of the book. It's a real book, too. It's not just an e-book. It's an actual hard book. It's a little bit oversized, like you would normally find for children. Go to the, go to the com. Read it. Links are all there to find out where to get the book, along with his adult fiction. He writes books for adults, too. So it's a great uh, post for helping you find a new author. And again, this is the loftusparty.com doing our stuff with culture. We're all for I love culture. it. I love it. That's fantastic. I'm combining two posts into one point. I that's wrote press madness. Release. That's madness. It is. I mean, that's the way we roll at the Loftus Party. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a satirical post called Pressure Mounts on Biden to Resign for Playing Video Games During National Crises. And then you did the video, Who Can Save Texas? Those two combine into kind of one idea, which you and I are actually really on agreement on. And that's about don't buy into the progressive narrative. This also ties back to my Rush Limbaugh post. I don't I guess I'll bring it up because everybody was talking about it on social media. They're trying to blame Ted Cruz for the winter storm that's going on in Texas. And if you don't know why they're doing that, don't even bother looking it up because you shouldn't be going down that route. We talk about it in the post that I wrote in the video did. And ultimately what you were saying in your video is look, if people in Texas are in trouble and need help, who's to help them? We are. And that's a great point. Yeah. And then just the uh, complete and I, I couldn't even imagine, I didn't even want to get into it in my video. I just kind of skimmed on it, but like, the president, Sleepy Joe, Sleepy Joe, playing Mario Kart, playing Mario Kart at Camp David while Texas is just getting crushed. And and the media is like, ooh, he was Luigi. I just I I could not I could not imagine if if Trump had been doing the same thing. Good Lord in heaven. Good Lord in heaven. It's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Okay. We got we got time for for maybe one more. 
Uh, I'll just mention Models Fail, We Learn, Funny Video. Yes. Uh, I can only watch half of it just because I felt bad for them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I only watched half that, but go watch it. But I have to bring this up. Trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League, because I'm going to let you talk about it. And the reason is, it's the moment you saw that announced, however many months ago that was now, you, your stance on it has always been consistent. And that is, hey, if you're not going to make an entirely different movie, I don't care what you really are going to do. It's not going to change things. And I wanted I, you to explain why you're saying that. Well, I'm watching all these stills and, and with these little clips. Of, oh, here's the Snyder cut. Here's the And like they, they put spikes on somebody's armor. Ooh, that doesn't change the plot. Oh, and in, in this Snyder cut clip, instead of having the rest of the Justice League behind her, it's just Wonder Woman all alone. And there's more clouds like it's you're not the fundamentals are screwed up the fundamentals warner brothers and dc they got these characters wrong right out of the gate with batman versus superman that in ginormous bucket of garbage and instead of admitting they were wrong they just kept going listen uh batman is not a boy scout he is not batman is a vigilante he doesn't trust anyone he trusts himself and maybe Alfred. And when you've got, it, listen, it's no fault of Ben Affleck. I'm passionate about this, you guys. I'm passionate. Ben Affleck was great casting. He's great casting for like a middle-aged Batman. But listen, you don't have you don't have Batman as this Boy Scout uh, heading all over the globe, going, "Hey, I'm starting up a club of of, of superheroes because something bad's gonna happen." No, that's always been Superman's job. That's always been Superman's job. And if you're going to have Superman dead in the beginning of your movie, well, then it's going to have to be Wonder Woman's job. You can't have you can't have Batman doing it. It's just like you've gotten the basic character dynamics wrong, and uh, and don't even get me started on on the Flash and Ezra Miller and all. Ah, ah, ah. It doesn't so, change the whole plot. So it's ultimately a characterization problem that they got wrong, and that's. That's the issue that you have with it. Basic character dynamics. Yes, yes, yes. It's wrong, 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 wrong. And who's going to get excited by by more stuff? Okay, here's here's my picks. Here's my picks. I got I got excited about this one, Paul. I got excited about this one. They discovered a uh, a mushroom in Hawaii, and it gives off the same like uh, pheromone, the same. It, it activates the same part of your brain, supposedly, in some women, and it gives them, like, these crazy – some women reported having, like, instantaneous, spontaneous orgasms. That made me excited. Now, it looks like it's not holding up, but I want science to to get into these mushrooms and find out what's going on because that's what we need. Like, dudes have Viagra. Dudes have Cialis. We got all these little uh, sexual enhancements for the bedroom. Ladies got nothing. Ladies got nothing. So, boy, if they could make something out of this mushroom, that would be fantastic. And then my my second one is just for the sheer, for the sheer just absolute beauty. There is a uh, personal trainer. She's a fitness expert. She's she's a social media influencer. Uh, Valentina Lequeur. Uh, she's, I think she's uh, Brazilian or Portuguese. She lives in America. Uh, her parents immigrated here. Someone took video of her on the beach and it's just the video is just like 26 seconds long. And it was really just like a camera test for this guy. But she is so stunningly beautiful. Every once in a while you get the match. You get the match of the perfect 
uh, body type, the perfect skin coloring with the perfect bathing suit in the perfect setting with the per it was just absolute. I saw this, I saw this little clip and I'm like, that's absolute perfection. Somebody, he's like, I shot this on a Sony X gel one with a blah, 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 blah. But I, I, I was, I literally, I, I called it 26 seconds of perfection with uh, Valentina. Just stunning. Just stunning. Makes me want to hit the gym too. Okay. That, and there's so much more, you guys. Holy crap, there's so much more. Value added. And guess what? How much? Uh, the Loftus party? That's going to be free, you guys. That's going to be a, a totally a free experience for you. There's no, there's no subscription. My goodness, we're good people. All right, Paul, you got anything else, bud? Not really. Like I said, there was just so much. We, my mouth was running a mile a minute just to get through what we had. Go to the loftusparty.com. Check out everything else that we didn't even touch on. Oh, and then we got a remastered Rick Astley, Never Gonna Give You Up. There's yeah, so I, didn't want to, I didn't want to bring that up because we could get <laughs> talking on that for a long time. All right. Hey, buddy, thanks for letting us know what's on the web with Paul, and we'll have you back next week. Thanks, Michael. I love that segment. I love that segment. What's on the web with Paul? I notice Paul stays away from the uh, from the from certain topics. I'm gonna have to ask him what's up with that because there's some uh, there's some good stuff up there. You know what I love about the website? Some days we just hit it just perfectly. It is eclectic. It is a little odd. It is a little. Uh, it's not like laser focused like uh, Bongino or Breitbart. This is. There's cool stuff on there. I'm very happy with it. I like I, I that's what I love the eclectic nature of the website. You need to go daily, people. You need to check it out. Okay. So uh we'll do a couple thoughts on Rush Limbaugh, and then we're gonna head over to, to Patreon. There's lots of there's there's a lot of stuff. We gotta talk about uh Cuomo being a bully. We gotta talk about Cuomo being a and uh we gotta stop with the the, the word bully. For grown-ups. That's, for grown-ups, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? We're going to get into that. Okay. Uh, so, Rush Limbaugh. We were talking a little bit on what's on the web with Paul. And the great thing I would say about – obviously, there was there was a vacuum, and Rush came in, and he, 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 he filled that void and did a great job and was very opinionated and was the kingmaker and all that good stuff uh, and had his foibles and, and had his uh, – his challenges. And here's the upside. Here's the upside. Because of that ginormous lack of, of rush, there's going to be a bunch of people vying for that. So that's, to me, like capitalism and free markets and all that good stuff. So you can have a, a bunch of different radio stations trying a bunch of different personalities and a bunch of different hosts. So is that is no one's ever going to replace Rush Limbaugh? Someone will get his time slot, but there's they're certainly not going to be like he was. However, uh, time to listen up. Don't don't tune out if you're like, oh, I used to listen to Rush on you know AM eleven ninety the blah blah blah, but I guess I won't listen anymore. No no no, stay tuned. They're going to try out a bunch of different people. Hopefully, you'll find somebody that you like, somebody that you know uh, gets your motor running, gets you gets your your squishies going and you'll be and you'll be thrilled and we'll have tons more to talk about it'll be a, a good conversation all right we're gonna flip it over 
to the Patreon because it's just so much show. It's just so much show. We got to get into this whole grown-ups being bullied by Cuomo. Uh, we're going to talk up. I, I, yes, I'm still watching WandaVision. And we got to talk about the National Guard still being in D.C. And, and they're saying, they're saying now till the fall. So, switch on over to Patreon. You know, we got the exclusive content for you. And we will see you over there.